Welcome to a new episode of Good Morning Camera. We've been on summer break. We've been soaking in the rays. We've been, uh, I'll be honest, actually, we've been just waiting to talk about something. And we finally have a lot to talk about. Let me just preface, this episode is not sponsored by Sony in any way, uh, but all we're going to be talking about is the Sony announcements. They're the first, Anthony, they're the first out of the gate with this, uh, you know, this fall lineup of announcements, right? We see around the fall period, a ton of announcements from all the major companies. Sony is first out of the gate. We have a ton to talk about. What's the first camera you want to talk about? Uh, the A7C actually seems like a really good deal, and we were just talking about this prior to hitting recording here. Uh, seems like a pretty good deal. Uh, now you got hands on with it. Do you? Can I just like list off the the specs for us? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that, I think that's what we should do. Why don't you give us the sort of rundown of these cameras, and then we'll talk about the experience of using them and who we think uh, would mo- benefit most from these cameras. Yeah, this is an interesting kind of strategy that Sony's got going on because this this is almost the same specs as the A7 IV. We have a 33-megapixel full-frame camera. The new menu system is uh, integrated into these bodies as well, the, all the bodies that we're going to talk about here today. Uh, both cameras uh, also have 422 10-bit video, a headphone and microphone jack, one SD card slot, and a micro HDMI slot. Uh, they actually removed the joystick on this camera so if you if you haven't actually seen the a7 c2 uh, you got to take a look at this camera because it actually is quite nice quite compact uh, very similar to that a7c kind of look but uh, very compact the travel photographer and and that kind of thing is uh, is really going to enjoy this but we do have 4k 30p while live streaming as well so I thought that was kind of an interesting little add-in there for the video kind of creator they have all the AI functions that you uh, you have known and kind of like in these uh, newer Sony cameras. So uh, they have the focus breathing compensation, but they also have this new chip. Uh, And I think, Gadget, this new AI processing chip, uh, this is like essentially going to make uh, the Sony cameras recognize uh, humans, planes, trains, insects, automobiles, whatever it may be, uh, a lot better. And I think this actually might be one of the best autofocusing cameras on the market right now. So I'll give you the price. Uh, $2,999.99, that's body only and in Canadian dollars. And I think this is a pretty good deal considering the ASM4, we're not miss- missing a ton. And that camera was thirty one ninety nine. So uh, I'll, I'll leave it up to you, Gadget, because you know you got hands on with this camera. What did, what was your initial thoughts when actually using this? Yeah, there's there's the big reaction was that like wow, you're really getting an A seven Mark IV in a smaller, more compact body at a much more affordable price, right? They're they're pretty much the same camera, right? What mm-hmm. edges this camera out? Because this is an interesting conversation. Like, why would you choose the A7C Mark II over an A7 IV, you know, outside of the price? Well, the battery life, on paper at least, is supposed to be better. So if you're primarily using this as a photography tool, you'll probably get more battery life out of this one. Um, there's still some tests to be done, but it looks like it's the exact same sensor. It's the exact same connection um, that's mm-hmm. going on in here. But, you know, that's the key thing to keep in mind is that you have something that's smaller, lighter, more affordable that might last a little bit longer in the field. That's why I think you would prior, you know, choose an A7C Mark II. There are some advantages that the a 74 will have, but having used this camera, I don't know if like 
most of the audience are going to be worried about this kind of thing, right? Like mm-hmm. you look at the A7 Mark IV, it's a bigger camera, it's more robust, it's something that's like easier to hold on to, but you can buy an attachment to make the A7C Mark II a little bit easier to hold as well. The A7 Mark IV can take two card slots, it can also take one card slot in the CF Express Type B format, uh, sorry, Type A format, which mm-hmm. is great if you're working in the field, you need redundancy, you want higher speeds, especially for different kinds of video formats, great to have. But but I don't think that's most of the audience. When I was using this thing, like I think a lot of the creators that were around me, a lot of the photographers that were around me, we were just surprised at how much this camera could do. And it never felt like you know something was being held back um, forcefully or through a software uh, decision, if, if that makes sense. Mm, or what I should say, yeah. through an accounting decision to be honest, right? Like some other companies. Um, Mm. They threw in the most advanced autofocus system that they have available right now. So this thing was tracking eyes, faces, heads, bodies with such ease and grace and confidence that it really does showcase once again that Sony is, you know, top of the pack right now. Like there's no one that is doing it as reliably, as, as accurately as they are. Even if sometimes it's a marginal difference, you know, sometimes those marginal differences are what makes the biggest difference depending on what you're capturing, right? I'm looking at some of the other things. You know, it doesn't have a full-size HDMI port. It doesn't have the most bit, the highest bit rates for the video files. Um, mm-hmm. the, the image stabilization, I think they improved the science behind it so that, you know, while it, it might be only five stops, it actually works predictably well where if you're guiding a movement or holding it for a specific type of shot, it works well for that doesn't have that big, beautiful viewfinder. It has a viewfinder, but not as big as the A7 Mark IV. So when I was using it, I'm like, oh, you kind of notice it right away if you're a viewfinder type person. But I think the beauty of these cameras is that for the LCD shooter, the person that is using it and primarily looking at that back LCD, it's perfectly fine. It, 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 it's, it's great. It's great to use, Anthony. What else can I say? All in all... <laughs> I, I would just say that I think the most surprising thing for me was that this might be a great thing to look at first, even if you're a professional. Like, I, I get that, you know, some people like the redundancy of multiple cards and there might be some formats, but if you're not doing the highest end video, right? If you're not doing um, the most advanced long form recordings, I think you probably look at the Mark II first. I think that's the better buy. And then taking those savings and investing it in the accessories that you need or, or a new piece of glass. Yeah, I, I honestly was thinking the exact same thing. When you uh, talk about that smaller viewfinder, it kind of makes me think about using this camera uh, more for the kind of on a budget video creator who knows that like they're going to need two camera bodies. Uh, the one card slot makes me think that maybe this isn't your your pro kind of user because you want that redundancy. But um, I think that was a great point that at $3,000, you know, you you're not spending like you're not spending five grand right so uh this is like i see this as a nice uh b camera 
to the A body that you might actually uh, use in a more professional environment later on down the road and you're kind of saving towards that but you need something to get started like right now and this is to, I say you know to get started we're, we're talking like 422 10-bit video that's still great quality uh, great uh, 4k camera and then 33 megapixels is nothing to snuff at either can, can, so, I, can I say something can I say something the fact that you know when we started this show like what entry <laughs> what you know quote-unquote exactly. entry level specs were to like what yeah. it is now like let, okay look look you're still this is still a camera that's close to three thousand dollars Canadian right like it's not the super entry level but when yeah. you are aspiring to be a creative of some kind whether it's content creation photography or video the fact that this is kind of where you would start an enthusiast solution where you know you're looking around that 2000 to 3000 range if you're going for something new isn't mm -hmm. it wild that this is where the specs start at now <laughs> Yeah, that's I think about this all the time. Like uh, when you're talking about some of even our other brands that we've talked about here, uh, it's crazy what you could actually get, and the quality is just gonna absolutely destroy anything that I ever started with. Like I remember starting on the XT1, that camera could barely do video at all, and here we're getting 422 10-bit video uh, in a camera like this. I know different price point, but it's also that was like that was almost like 10 years ago. <laughs> so inflation happens, right, guys? it's pretty wild yeah. so what do you think yeah. uh, what do you think who do you think the main user is is it the dual creator or where are you kind of putting your foot down yeah I, you know what i think if you are a wedding photographer that is either just getting started or just looking for a new update to your existing solution maybe you have an older sony camera maybe an a7 mark ii or mark iii or maybe you're coming over from a dslr i think this is a great place to sort of start to sort of start at right where you know you save a little bit of money you can put it back in the glass and you have something that's going to do almost everything that the a7 IV could do but a much more portable package and the reason i would sort of lean over here is you probably want something that can do great video in all kinds of environments that the that the low light here the 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 iso response that you're getting from this sensor really leans into something that can do great video as well so first i would say for those in the wedding industry that are beginning or looking for a change this is something that you should put on your short list right and especially because you'll have something that can do great video why is video important to the photographer anthony you might be asking that solution i think right now you <laughs> should be diversifying if you haven't already and heavily looking into video even if it is just little vignettes and little reels that you can give to your clients uh, it's something that i highly recommend especially for even marketing your own brand and business if you are live streaming, if you are looking to build a YouTube channel, if you are looking to explore street photography, travel photography, and you're looking for that new solution that can take it noticeably further where either you're making money from what you're doing or you're looking to make money from what you're doing, this is a type of camera you would consider, right? If you were looking to, I don't know, start a YouTube channel about you know, travel photography, landscape photography, or something like that. This is a camera where you can get in, get using, get the results that you need, phenomenal results, but also use it to document that journey as well. Like if you're that person that wants to have a one body solution that can do it all, what a great place to start. And for some people, like before we move on to the next camera, for some people that might be like, well, it's only $300 to go to an A7 Mark IV that has dual card slots, a bigger, brighter viewfinder, and bigger, robust body. Isn't this the brilliance 
of Sony. Like some people are going to complain about their product alignment. They have too many cameras. This is great. The fact that like now it's an <laughs> and or thing where you're like, oh, I could get this or that as opposed to just one thing that was the A7 IV price. Because if you're looking at the A7 IV, you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm price, blah, blah, blah. Now you have this that's $300 cheaper. And now you're just all of a sudden you've been psyched out to just compare these two instead of <laughs> thinking yes or no. And that's the brilliance uh, that they've executed here. So that's who I think it's for. Uh, do you have? Do you disagree? Is there someone else that I'm forgetting about? No, I think that was actually really well said. Uh, I I would totally be the type of person to to hesitate uh, at spending an extra three hundred dollars when it's not really like that necessary. Like people talk about, like you know how you want the one card, uh, you want the dual card slot, but. Uh, if you buy a decent card like these days, you know, gear has gotten really, really good. So the the chance of corruption and such uh, is not that high. Like considering when, you know, when we first started Gadget, we had these like tiny little SD cards that were just like not very reliable. So the, the times are changing. And uh, the, your point about uh, diversifying into like video, I did the most lazy thing a little while back. And I'll tell you this quick story before we move on to this next camera, because it was so funny. Instead of shooting with like a self timer, I needed a quick like little shot of me holding something instead of shooting with a self timer. I just recorded a quick uh, clip in 6k and just held a product in front of the camera uh, and then put a rec 709 LUT on my video file and then just exported a screenshot so the movement towards video it's it's happening and it's real uh and this is kind of a perfect little segue because this other camera that we want to talk about the a7cr almost seems like a the maybe the next step up Maybe this is the A camera that we might yeah. be. Yeah. Why don't you give us a rundown? Discussed. Why don't you give us the rundown? Like, because this is exciting too. Like, as if there wasn't enough choice, uh, we mm -hmm. got another one here. So, why don't you give us a rundown of the key specs of this camera? Okay, so this is very similar to the A7R5. So we have a 61 megapixel camera. Uh, this is one of my favorite kind of specs in here. Uh, this shoots 4K. 60p max, uh, but this is oversampled because we have all those extra megapixels uh, within this camera. This also has the single SD card slot as well. The new AI processing chip this come, that comes in the A7C2, this is in this camera as well. Uh, also the new menu system, so this is just standard stuff for Sony now. New menu system, 422 10-bit video, uh, and then an additional accessory that was kind of cool this actually comes with this like grip attachment so those people who are complaining they're always like losing the pinky on some of these sony cameras they're not maybe the most ergonomic cameras uh, out there now we have this grip attachment that actually comes with the camera and this camera actually starts at four thousand ninety nine dollars that's canadian uh, and think about that the a7r5 that was fifty two ninety nine so again, almost a $300 difference, uh, but also a very interesting camera. And I love that, the fact that we're getting like oversampled 4K on this camera. So uh, initial thoughts of when you were first using Engadget, what, what did you think? Again, just impressed. The fact that they're throwing all of these great features they introduced last year with the A7R Mark V into a slightly more affordable, more ergonomic, actually not more ergonomic, more, uh, lighter, more lightweight body mm. that is something that i'm a fan of okay i'm a fan of I, I like the fact that they're just lengthening this lineup and offering more choice for people so let's look at the a7cr 
for someone that's going to prioritize photography, we're kind of, you know, going right into the next question here, but you know, for someone that's going to prioritize photography and want something that's going to deliver a ton of resolution and just lean into someone that might be using it in the studio or just, you know, for printing their work, this is a great camera to consider where what you're really giving up are that last five to 10% of pro features that might separate a working professional from someone that's, you know, maybe an early professional transitioning to, you know, transitioning into becoming a professional or just a heavy enthusiast, right? If you're looking at the A7C, sorry, the A7R5, again, a traditional body viewfinder in the middle, why you would pick this is that dual card slots, the higher buffer because of the different card slots it takes, the CF Express and the SD, having a larger buffer. So if you are doing a lot of wildlife or a lot of action and sports and you need something that has a really large buffer where you can just hold down that shutter button for a while. And what I will also mention is the flash sync speed. So it might not seem like a big difference, but being able to go to one over 250 in the studio to use your flash at full power, it will make a difference if you're in the studio a lot and you want to photograph action. And then the last thing I'll mention is 8K video. If for some reason you need 8K video, well, you have that in the A7R5. But if everything I just mentioned is not critical to your work, you can come in, get something that's noticeably more portable that will give you the same quality of image, which is wild, which is, just, again, mm -hmm. you have something here where now it's not uh, thinking, should I get an A7R5 or an A7 Mark IV? And that, you know, you're suddenly comparing so many differences. Now you're just comparing which body is right for the work that I do. You know, you keep the same sensor, you keep the same processor, and you just focus on the body that's gonna lean better into your work. So if you are doing more travel, if you're not doing a lot of action where, you know, you have to hold down the shutter for a long period of time, if you don't care for 8K video, this is a great camera to consider, right? Where mm -hmm. someone that's going to be practicing and just they wanted a, an affordable and modern way to get into high resolution photography, this is the camera I think you would consider. So I, I want to make a quick point uh, about like resolution, and this is something that I literally just thought about. So we have the A7C2 shooting 33 megapixels. Uh, most people are going to say that's more than enough, but when you look at this camera and you 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 kind of realize the fact that this is a 61 megapixel camera, and you get that oversampled 4K, what people don't realize, Gajin, is when you move up in resolution, and this is like. This is kind of for somebody who is probably out of budget. They don't want to spend 5000 but they want kind of close to that $5,000 kind of specs, list of specs, right? And this is what I what people don't understand about resolution is when you have more resolution, you actually do save money on other things like lenses. Uh, I didn't realize this until I actually bought the S5 Mark II and I started shooting a lot of things in 6K open gate. The amount of lenses that I actually use right now is 
so minimal. It's actually kind of crazy how much you can do with a 35 millimeter lens on a camera that has a high a high resolution mode, whether it be like 6K or even if you're just thinking like photography, when you have 61 megapixels. So this is kind of an interesting thought. When you move up in resolution, you're actually go. You might save money on lenses because you have the ability to crop you have a whole bunch of different focal lengths and we we've talked about Leica a lot on this uh, channel as well they essentially just crop into the image to get those different focal lengths but have that 28 millimeter lens on the body itself and it's sometimes bolted on there so I yeah. think that's that's kind of an interesting point uh, so if you're somebody who is the travel photographer looking at a high resolution kind of camera like this might be an excellent uh, uh, kind of option for you to kind of save space in your bag because you could I'm travel glad, around. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that. You know why? You know, you got mm -hmm. me excited. Okay. You got me excited because here's the thing. There's some <laughs> people that are going to take an elitist perspective to crop. I will always champion getting the best composition you can in camera. But here's the thing. Absolutely. Cropping also gives you additional options. So for example, if you're a portrait photographer and you just want an easy way to give multiple options, here, you can go and take these portraits and now deliver them in a, a, a wide array of options where they're getting progressively tighter. You can go four by five, two by three. Uh, you can even do things like 16 by nine or 65 by 24 if you want these super wide perspectives without losing... Mm a lot of resolution. So if you're starting at 61, when you crop, you still have so much resolution left over that you're not really punching in and deteriorating that quality and stretching out, especially if you're gonna print something that's gonna be pretty wide. The other thing I'll mention is that if you're doing a lot of travel and architecture, sometimes you might be photographing maybe a building and you're like, you know, on the ground floor and you're photographing something and you'll get that weird skew that starts to happen. Well, now you can throw it into your software. You can correct for that skew, mm -hmm. right? And not yeah. lose so much resolution. So you can have a 61 megapixel image. Say you're standing in front of a bunch of houses or buildings. All of a sudden you straighten that thing out so they all look straight to you, but you still have a ton of resolution there to maintain that detail. That's why you would consider a sensor like this, a camera like this, a solution like this because of the work that you do. So great. Thank you for uh, mentioning that and then getting me all excited about resolution all over again. <laughs> so let me ask you before I go, who do you think more specifically would be looking at a camera like this? Well, I definitely, you have to think about that travel kind of photographer, uh, somebody who's not wanting to necessarily spend, say, $5,000 on a camera. Uh, this is going to be a really good option because, like I said, it's like both of these cameras are quite compact. Feel like that. They, they look very similar almost to uh, the really popular X100V. Not like that kind of body style, but it, it's a very similar kind of shape. You know what I mean? And you even have the silver options. Uh, in, in both of these cameras as well. So uh, I think the travel photographer is going to love this camera. If you're, like I said, looking to just purchase maybe one, maybe two lenses, and then that's that's it, then you might be uh, be looking at this type of body for sure. But this camera is no slouch in any of the photo or video kind of specs here. You're getting fantastic quality uh, all around. So really, this is a dual-purpose kind of shooter. I think the, the travel photographer might be more interested in something 
something like this but uh, like I said this could be like your A camera and then you have the A7C2 uh, as like a B camera and I think you could do a lot of work uh, with these two kind of cameras or even just just this one for sure um, so yeah that dual kind of creator that would be my pick for sure yeah yeah I, I, I there's also you know if you want to go more niche people are gonna be printing a lot people are gonna be looking for a camera they can invest in and use for many many years to come look Sony does a great job of releasing new solutions all the time but this is a camera that you can get and use for many 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 years right like this sensor it's a proven sensor and, and what it can do is just remarkable. So if you're really into portraits, if you're into travel, architecture, uh, if you're into even scanning film, like let's not ignore that small but important and passionate <laughs> audience. If you are a film photographer and you're scanning your work at home, or if you just want to archive material, uh, maybe you know you work in a library or a museum and you're looking for an affordable solution to upgrade to to archive material, not everyone has the opportunity for medium format. This is still a great option to consider. There's a ton of stuff. Look, this episode is already going way longer than I expected. Can we wrap it up with the, <laughs> the lens that they announced? Because if that was enough, they also announced a brand new, I think what's going to be a really popular lens. Yeah, this one's kind of interesting. And if you are that type of creator who's looking to just do uh, one and done when uh, it comes to your lens selection, this might be the one to, to do it. Uh, so they announced a 16 to 35 f2.8 uh, Mark II. So this is 20% smaller and 10% lighter. But Gadgen, did you, did you, you actually got hands on with this lens. Can you yeah. confirm that, you know, is this just like a sharper, better version? <laughs> I can confirm. Anthony, I can confirm for you <laughs> that this is lighter, that it is smaller, and it is definitely better than the predecessor. I yeah. love this lens, especially on Sony systems, because you have a 16 to 35, and then you with a, a flick of a switch, a press of a button, a tappity tap, you can go into super 35 mode. And now get even more reach where this thing suddenly becomes a 16 to 50 on your lens, on your body, I should say, right? So mm. you, you are essentially pairing even more, like the optics were already good, but they made the optics even better so that the sharpness at the cor corners, the contrast at the corners are noticeably better if you're looking at them side by side. And now when you're partnering that with those super 35 modes where you can punch in on the sensor and get more reach with your lens, you're just gonna get better results for that as well. I found what's also interesting is that they improved the autofocus mechanism, the motors, in a great way for videographers where there's less focused breathing, that you can toggle this mode. And from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a slight tiny crop but it essentially eliminate, look, your dog's even excited about this lens. It, it gives you just this perception that there's no focus breathing, right? So if you're just rocking focus, yeah, I'm telling you, it's amazing. If you're trying to get a beautiful rack focus or pull focus, this is a lens that's just going to be something that you can rely on. So I don't know, when I was coming up, Anthony, I'll let you speak in a minute, but I'll just kind of keep going for a little bit. You know, the 24 to 70 used to be the sort of go-to lens when you're building out your kit, right? You get a 24 to 70, you use that for everything. Uh, but people quickly figured out that 
the wide perspective gives you interesting compositions in different environments, whether you're using it as a creator just to get more of the scene, or you just want to tell a bit more of a story or landscapes or astrophotography. There's so many interesting things that a wide perspective suddenly makes available that now, along with things like Super 35 mode, a 16 to 35 becomes a 16 to 50, which can be more than enough for most people. So I, I wouldn't bet on it, but if you're asking me, I think this is the type of lens. If you're looking for premium lenses, premium zooms to invest in, I think this might be the first one that you consider. What about you? That's exactly what I was thinking as well. This, uh, I mean, the 16 to 35 was already like the most versatile lens kind of out there, especially for that vlogger YouTube kind of life, which a lot of creators, that's what they're kind of aiming towards these days, right? Uh, if you can get less fringing for photography, a sharper image when you're kind of zooming in, uh, and then on top of that, you get a smaller, lighter kind of lens. Uh, I like the fact that, you know, when you zoom the lens out, it actually is slightly uh, shorter than the previous version. So I'll, I think this is probably the lens to get. Uh, and I think I even saw actually Sarah Dietschy finally jump over to the 16 to 35 and she's been on YouTube forever. Uh, and she was shooting with like the F4 version because she just didn't think the price was necessarily worth, worth the money on the older version, but she actually jumped over to this 2.8. Uh, so I think this is the, the lens to get, uh, for sure. If you're kind of living that vlogger, YouTuber kind of life, uh, or just like a versatile one and done kind of lens for photography as well. I think this is maybe the lens to go to go with. But uh Gajin, we are we are we moving right over to create a draft pick or what? Because Let, I, let's do it. This, this is, is what enough, I, man. This is what this I've been, been waiting what? for. <laughs> this has been a 30-minute advertisement for Sony. But look, in all seriousness, uh, they invited us out to Condo. It was a great experience. So thank you, Sony, for that invite. It was great to sort of uh, test these new products, obviously, see them hands-on, but also meet and, uh, and network with a ton of creatives in the Sony environment and hear about what they're passionate about. So thank you, Sony, for that. Let's move on to our favorite part of the show, the creator draft picks. Anthony, I got something. Can I, can I talk about mine? I'm really excited about mine, okay? I'm yeah, really excited about let, mine. Let's do it. I, I was curious. As, as you know, as some people may know, I love photo books. My office is surrounded by photo books. My desk on my left, it's like I just have photo books open just always in my office, right? And once a month, I'll, I'll just go and I'll try to add one or two photo books to the collection. And I'll be honest, over the summer and with travel and with all these productions happening, I didn't have much time. Finally, I sat down, I'm like, I got to get some new books. And there's one that I got that I really, really love. And I think that if you are trying to document your family more, if you're trying to just nail storytelling, if you're trying to just become better at portraiture and environmental portraiture, this is something to get. It's called Sun by Christopher Anderson, S-O-N. It is this photo book that he starts to put together as his father was coming to terms with his cancer diagnosis, eventually passing away, and as his young boys were growing up. And it's just a beautiful collection of portraits showing this sort of uh, life grow in front of him as another one, you know, essentially is fading away. And I won't get into the sort of artistic analysis and all that kind of stuff. I think it's really about looking and, and interpreting these messages for yourself. 
But if you're in the market for a new photo book, if you are passionate about capturing and documenting your family and, and trying to just get more inspiration around you of how you can do things a little bit differently, how you can compose and shoot things in a way that tells a bit more of a story, I think this is a book that you need to add to your collection. Again, it's called Sun by Christopher Anderson. He has a ton of books. Uh, this is one I, I've really come to love and I think many more people should look into. That's my pick, Anthony. What is your pick? Gadget is the hookup for uh, all photo books. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> Whenever you you need a you need a pick, then Gadget's got something on on hand all the time. <laughs> so, so I also uh, got something that is uh, has has been super helpful, uh, especially when you're in my position where you know you're around lots of other, like other people's photo gear and video gear all the time. This is a very uh, affordable uh, draft pick, but I've been ordering uh, circle stickers uh, from Vistaprint and uh, I've, uh, I've essentially just stuck these little stickers with my little logo and name all over every single piece of gear that I have uh, and it, it's super helpful when you're out shooting with a bunch of other people. I attach them even to batteries uh, and, and it's been great so that way I know what's actually mine and what's say another shooter's or like Henry's gear uh, because I'm borrowing stuff from Henry's all the time uh, so th this thing is has just been super helpful because you know they're just super small they're very cheap and I've actually asked our photo center uh, if we could uh, uh, start offering this as a product on our photo uh, website as well the photo lab uh, at Henry's so that's kind of my pick and uh, it's super simple I've just been attaching these to everything and uh, everything that I own now has a little <laughs> little circle sticker with my logo and the name and uh, these are super cheap so um, that's nice and easy easy solid pick look two affordable options it rarely happens but it finally yeah. did like, like like that blue moon once in a while things line up Anthony thank yeah. you so much for your time I've enjoyed this it's been a while Great show, mm -hmm. uh, great advertisement for Sony, I guess. But look, there's a ton to be excited about. <laughs> there's also some more exciting things. There's some things we couldn't get to to this episode, but there's even more announcements in the pipeline that we can't quite talk about just yet. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't already, subscribe to the show. Let us know what you think, and we'll see you again in two weeks. Gadget, uh, I don't know if you, you realize, but next episode is the big 5-0 too. Is next episode 50? The next episode is numero 50. We, we either do something for that or we treat it like the consummate professionals we are and do nothing. And we just, <laughs> just hit the record button. I don't know. We'll find out. Thank you so much for listening. My name's Gadgin. His name's Anthony. And we'll see you next time.